Anchorage, Alaska, a place where people don't care if someone goes missing, a place where Leah Walker tries her hardest to hide from the world, wanting a normal life without anxiety and OCD. But Leah's bubble pops when an old friend is back in town and twists Leah's reality. A bloody event proves what Leah is scared to learn. Sophie Gardner, her old high school friend and savior from the bullies, is a vampire. This week, A Glint of Mischief presents Nocturnal Blood, a horror novel by Vitlamy Mist. Hello, I'm Judah Lamy. Welcome to A Glint of Mischief, a weekly podcast where you get to preview some of the great indie books out there. Each episode is the reading of the first chapter of an independently published book, available to buy right now. But first, a word from our sponsors. This week, A Glint of Mischief, the podcast, is sponsored by Vlad Steaks and Sundries, makers of the highest quality wooden steaks, silver bullets, bottled holy water, and purified salts. Vlad Steaks and Sundries would like to take this time to address some of the complaints they have been getting on Yelp. They would like me to assure you, the public, that all rumors of them using plastic instead of wood in their steaks is as false as the notion they use tin instead of silver in their bullets. <laughs> Why would Vlad Steaks and Sundries or their parent company, Full Moon LLC, have any interest in saturating the market with subpar products? <laughs> Clearly, these rumors are false, just like the idea that has been floating around that they're collecting information from their customers about where they live for some nefarious reasons. Hogwash and poppycock, that's what we say. Shop at Vlad's and don't just buy steaks and sundries. Buy peace of mind. Now, let's get to the reason we're all here, yes? Violence doesn't worry me anymore. It happens all around and I know there's nothing I can do to stop it. In my hometown of Anchorage, Alaska, news about another war or another violent shooting has become part of the daily routine. We have the highest crime rate in the country, with 813 violent crimes per 100,000 residents. Hearing there's been another murder or that another person has gone missing doesn't surprise me anymore. I've seen those acts of violence happen to others. They've happened to me as well. Maybe I had it coming. I think I'm a pretty clear target. I might as well draw a big red circle on my forehead. 
Anyone could take advantage of meek little me. You see, I've always suffered from low self-esteem. It's partly due to my quirks. That's what I call my OCD tendencies to cope with the nervous tics. At least that's what my therapist tells me. I've had these quirks since I was small, and they, in turn, were tiny to begin with. I washed my hands whenever I touched door handles. I made sure never to walk on cracks in the pavement. I ate my candy or food in seven pieces, which is my lucky number. I tried my best to keep my clothes and myself clean without a speck of dirt on me. My quirks didn't really bother me unless I screwed something up in my ritual. Then I'd be anxious about it the entire day. The other kids did nothing at first, except stare at me and whisper among themselves. My mom told me I shouldn't worry, but their stares made me uneasy. It made me question whether I was normal. I wasn't doing anything wrong, and I wasn't hurting anyone, so why were they staring and whispering? My stomach tightened each time I caught some of them speaking in low tones, and I immediately thought they were talking about me. I got my suspicions confirmed when one of my classmates laughed at the seven claps I do whenever someone praises me for doing a good job. The teasing from the other kids escalated as more of my quirks surfaced. They either found them highly amusing or very annoying. It only takes one person to make bullying happen. It starts slow. One kid throwing wads of paper when the teacher isn't looking, whispers and talking behind my back. The girls in my class were talented at that. I even learned some new adjectives and nouns thanks to them. When that doesn't satisfy the bully, if you're not miserable enough already, it can become physical. That was the boys' territory. They never hit my face because they didn't want any visible marks, so they targeted my arms and legs. The bruises were small, so I could conceal them with my clothes. I never told my parents what happened. They assumed I'd sustained the injuries during P.E., which I tried to avoid as much as possible. They always attacked me in the shower. Well, less chance of running into a teacher there. I kept this between me and the bullies. Telling an adult wouldn't have helped. It would have only made things worse. I thought I'd have to endure this all the way through high school till graduation, but then Sophie Gardner approached me during freshman year. I was alone outside during the break. Everyone ignored me, which was much better than them showing any kind of interest in me. I was about to take a bite of my sandwich when she spoke up behind me. You're eating PB&J now? Lunch hasn't started, you know. I turned around and there she was, sitting on the same bench with a bemused grin on her face. We were polar opposites. She had long dark hair and a pale but pretty face and a slender figure. While I had freckles, a not-so-smooth tummy, wide hips and thighs, and unruly blonde hair. I know I'm not the prettiest. The girls at school made sure to remind me almost daily, but it was more apparent when I looked at Sophie. We were in most of the same classes, although she rarely showed up to some of them. 
she belonged to the other group. The ones who smoked either weed or cigarettes, drank booze, and didn't partake in any athletic activities as the norm in high school. I had no idea why she was there with me, so I kept my mouth shut. The less I spoke, the less she could use against me. Sophie raised an eyebrow as she lit up a cigarette, inhaling the smoke and blew it in my direction. Smoking on school grounds was against the rules, but she chose to ignore it. Jeez, she sighed and I detected something, maybe pity, in her violet eyes. I really roughed you up. Who? I asked despite my decision to stay quiet. I was worried the bruises were visible on my face, even though most of them were elsewhere. Sophie nodded to where some of my usual bullies were sitting and chatting amongst themselves. All of them. I avoided looking in that direction. If I made eye contact with any of them, even from a distance, I'd pay for it. Just thinking about it made me flush with anxiety and I felt queasy. The sandwich didn't look as appetizing as it had ten minutes ago. Leah. Sophie spoke with a softness I knew only from my parents. I settled my gaze on her. She looked straight at me, eyes blazing. I had no idea why, but I felt awestruck. She had the determination of an Olympic athlete. She puffed her cigarette. Do you want it to stop? Her question stirred the emotions I'd been keeping to myself, and they threatened to resurface. The anger, the misery, the injustice of it all. What victim of bullying or any kind of violence wouldn't want it to stop? It was easier said than done. You couldn't just snap your fingers and it would go away. Wishing it away was even more laughable. There was no such thing as magic. My eyes stung when angry tears formed behind them. I stared at the ground, blinking to keep the tears at bay. I clenched my fists so hard my fingernails were starting to hurt me. Sophie scoffed at my silent outburst, stood and did something I never expected her to do. She patted my head. I flinched, afraid she was about to punch me, and stumbled out of my seat. I tripped and my butt hit the ground. Not everyone wants to hit you, you know, Sophie growled and put out the cigarette with her foot. She exhaled the last smoke while staring at the bullies. Don't worry, Leah. She looked down at me with a determined expression. I'll take care of this. I didn't have a clue what she meant. The next day, several of the bullies came to school sporting black eyes and bruises. They didn't touch me the whole day, though they kept shooting glares at the group Sophie usually hung out with. She was missing from the group. Had something happened to her? Did it have something to do with what she said yesterday? I kept eyeing Sophie's group in class, my foot tapping viciously underneath the table. I wanted to ask them what happened, but I was afraid to go up to them. They weren't emitting any malicious vibes like the usual group of bullies, but they weren't exactly the kind of people you approached either. During break, I noticed them hanging out by the stairs on the ground floor. It took me a couple of anxious attempts... I kept walking back and forth, embarrassment and dread filling every orifice, 
but I finally got close enough. Um, my voice was low, but a guy with half his face covered by hair looked up. The others stopped talking and turned their attention to me as well. Yeah? He frowned, sizing me up with a critical eye. I pulled on the hem of my sweater and kept my eyes on the floor, a thing I've gotten too used to. I tried to ignore the heat that slowly enveloped me. My panicked heart was telling me to run, but I couldn't. I had to know what happened. I haven't seen Sophia around. Do you know where she is? What's it to you? He asked and folded his arms. My eyes were still looking at their shoes. I just want to make sure she's all right. Yeah, she's gonna live, the guy smirked. She, Mike, and Joey picked a fight with that asshole group yesterday. No idea why. They did a number on them in the beginning, but O'Malley, the big one that plays football, got the upper hand and broke Sophie's arm. But that was after Sophie kicked him in the balls. A girl with platinum blonde hair and purple streaks giggled. I was a little confused and a little bit thankful. What a reckless thing to do. Did Sophie do it for my sake? Sophie showed me her cast a few days after the fight. She was brandishing it like a trophy. Pretty cool, huh? Wanna sign it? She pulled a red marker from her pocket and handed it to me. I stared at her grinning face. I had so many questions, but I was afraid to ask, as I didn't trust her. I had the gnawing suspicion she was only becoming my friend for her benefit. Because she'd been getting into trouble at school. I was her scapegoat. Sophie welcomed me with open arms, though, and never questioned my distrust. It takes time for your wounds to heal, she said and nodded at her broken arm. I should know that by now. Just let me know when I've earned your trust. Even though I wasn't ready to let her in, we somehow became friends. It was shallow, though. We both said little regarding our lives to each other and only spoke of stuff that was happening on TV and what she and her group had been doing. Despite that, I began to feel more at ease around her. I was surprised Sophie wasn't bothered by my quirks. Everyone except Mom and Dad usually were. I was helping her with an essay when it happened. So I only need to add this conclusion to get at least a B? Sophie asked and glanced up from the notes I'd written. I nodded. I think so, though I'm not the best with ending essays. This is great. If we keep this up, I might actually pass English literature. You're awesome, Leah. Sophie's smile was wide, and I detected praise in her voice. My hands jerked up, and I clapped seven times. The others in her group snickered. I blushed and shoved my hands under the table. I repressed the urge to look up into Sophie's mocking expression. Stop laughing. Sophie's tone was firm but authoritative. Her piercing glare was directed at her friends instead of me. I blinked. She wasn't joining in? Was she defending me? I felt warm. I hadn't felt like that in a long time. It didn't last long, though. 
Sophie brought me terrible news. She asked me to meet on the bench just outside the school. It was a nice day. The sun was setting and cast an orange hue over the gray building. I wish I could have enjoyed it, but my stomach was in knots. This was our usual hangout spot, but something was off. I just felt it. I spotted Sophie walking towards me, but even at that distance I didn't see the usual grin on her face. The knot tightened. Hey. Even her voice didn't carry that aura of confidence. I heard defeat. What's up? I tugged on a lock of loose hair. Is something wrong? Yeah, kinda. She frowned. My mom and Robert have decided to move to Alberta and Canada, and they're forcing me to come with them. A rock plummeted to the depths of my stomach. What? I know, right? So effing unfair. Sophie threw her hands up in frustration. They didn't even ask me if I wanted to move there. I had no part in that decision. You're going away? I was oddly numb. My mind refused to accept it. Just when I was ready to open up more, just my typical luck. The only person I considered my friend was leaving me for good. Sophie's eyes were sad. Yeah, I'm afraid so. She pulled a piece of paper from her jacket. This is our new address in effing Canada. This really sucks. But we'll still stay in touch, you know? We'll do it the old-fashioned way, with letters. I could tell she was trying to cheer me up. Despite the awful news, I was looking forward to writing all the letters to her. It'd be fun, and something only the two of us shared. We sent each other letters at first, but they stopped sometime after Sophie turned 15. I tried Facebook, but she hadn't posted anything there in a long time. It was like she'd vanished. So I tried to move on with my life without my only friend. I went through high school without friends, and I was distrustful of almost everyone. Too many had tried to take advantage because I was a good student. Every time I was too foolish enough to believe they wanted more than my homework. Although it was lonely at times, it was better that way. I didn't get hurt, and I could focus more on my own well-being and my studies. I got into the University of Alaska to study my favorite subject, history. I still didn't care about the violence around me. Until today. Nocturnal Blood by Vitlamy Mist is book one in a series. It, as well as book two, are available now on Amazon. You better go get it to find out what happens next. Vitlamy has always been fascinated by vampires and horror, ever since she watched Bram Stoker's Dracula when she was a little curious girl. She loves to read and create stories that pop into her head unannounced. She writes all of her stories into her notebooks by hand. So far, she's filled six Harry Potter notebooks of her two latest books, Nocturnal Blood 
and its sequel, Nocturnal Farm. She lives in Iceland with her husband and two cats, Skooky and Robocop, and is often busy drawing or watching the latest shows on Netflix. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. If you did indeed enjoy it, there are many ways for you to show your appreciation. For one, you can help spread the word about the podcast on social media. You can find posts about the podcast at Glint of Mischief on Twitter. If you want to keep up to date on news for the podcast, there is a mailing list over on my website, you guessed it, glintofmischief.com. The mailing list is also how you can find out when our submission windows are open if you are interested in getting your book on the podcast. Oh, and before you go, there is something else that I could use your help with. See, I'm recording here in my office, but my office only has three walls. Why is this a problem? Because as soon as I start recording, everything in my office becomes the most interesting thing in the world to my hellspawn of a cat. Help save a cat's life, and help by getting a door for me over at Kofi.com. That's ko-fi.com. Search for Glint of Mischief. Or there's a link in the show notes. Well, that's all that I have. Damn it! Get out of my office! (sighs) Until next time, see you around.